Hey, gorgeous. Welcome to the Find Your Way podcast, where we answer the question, who am I? Which is what way stands for. I'm your host, Lindsay Means, human design expert and guide. This podcast is about human design, healing, and inner work for solopreneurs with client-based businesses. I'm so grateful that you're here. Now let's get started. Welcome to this episode of the Find Your Way podcast, where I am interviewing Kelly Kane. She is an emotional manifesting generator with a 3-6 profile, and I'm so excited about this conversation. Kelly is a former one-on-one client of mine, and she is just a powerhouse, so I'm really excited to have her on the show Kelly has been recognized both locally and nationally as a powerhouse stylist and seven-figure salon owner. Her Richmond, Virginia salon 1213 hair studio is well known for its impeccable customer service, clean, modern design, and dynamically talented team. In 2012, Kelly was named a Master of Beauty by the Empire Beauty System and Nick Arojo. With a specialty in small business coaching for salon owners, Kelly has a vision for individualizing your entrepreneurial pursuits with impeccable attention to detail. Kelly's soulmate clients are beauty professionals and business owners. So get ready for an amazing conversation and let's get started. Welcome to the episode, Kelly. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited for our chat today. Ooh, me too. It's going to be so much fun. I love starting my podcast off with one question and it's, have you ever asked yourself the question, who am I? Oh, all the time, (laughs) all the time. People every like that's I love asking that question because that's what find your way stands for. Who am I? And every time I ask that question, people give that same response. Like, uh, yeah, (laughs) has there been a specific moment where you can remember where you were like, who am I to do this? Or, or, uh, who am I in like an empowered way? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, most recently, you know, this from our chats, but, um, I was asked to do that presentation, um, at the Erosio Expo and definitely just even, you know, there were, it kind of ebbed and flowed where the first time I was asked to do it, I was like, who am I to do this? But then I kind of stepped into my power and started getting my story and my message. And then it was two weeks before I was like going to be there and go on that. I started going, oh my gosh, who am I to do this? You know? Um, so I definitely, it can just ebb and flow. And I explore that all the time with the very different things that I have going on. Mm, I love that. And I love that you explore it all the time because mm-hmm. we're, we're evolutionary beings. So the, the only consistent thing in life is change. And I think sometimes we think we have to stay the same. I know I, I did like who, who am I to be different or who am mm-hmm. I to show up as this person that I am, but I've been portraying this other person my whole life. Um, it gets very interesting when you start asking that question. So I, I love that. Um, I was trying to think, I don't even remember. I like telling, uh, the story of how we met and I don't even remember how we met. I think I came across your page somehow, or I think I came across you. I think it was Shelby. So it was Shelby, um, mutual friend. And she had been posting, I had just learned about human design. So I only knew what it was, but I didn't know anything about it. And, um, I had reached out to her and said, I'm interested in this. Um, she and I were roommates on a retreat. And so she was sharing a lot with me and about you. And, um, so I think I may have reached out to you. Oh, I love that. And Shelby Betancourt, she's going to be on one of the episodes uh, as well. So 
it might be before yours. So if you're listening, mm-hmm. I'll link it in the show notes, but, um, go check that one out. Shelby is freaking amazing. I love mm-hmm. her. Um, I, I love that. Um, so I'm super excited to get into your story and I would love to start with how, what inspired you to start doing hair? You know, I have a family that's like really, really artistic. And so I dabbled in a lot of the arts. I started in theater at a young age. I went to college for theater, which then kind of led me into um, costuming and makeup and finding that I had this natural ability to see color. So I did a lot of makeup and I actually got into hair um, because I just wanted credentials because back then there weren't makeup schools the way that they are now. And my aunt and uncle owned a hair salon. And I asked if they would apprentice me so that I could get credentials to be a makeup artist. And um, they were like, well, we're mostly a hair salon. So you're going to have to be doing a lot of hair and learning hair to get that license. And, um, you know, just little by little, I kind of got a client here and there. And, you know, two turns into four, turns into six, turns into 12. It just doubles. And the next thing I knew, I was a hairstylist. So my story is a little different than most people where it's like, oh, I just loved making people feel beautiful. I always say it kind of found me because even a couple of times there, I tried to go back to what I thought I wanted to do with makeup and things, but hair just kept kind of finding me. And it was where, um, I found most of my success. And then eventually I just woke up one day. I'm like, Oh, I'm a hairstylist, (laughs) but I never actually set out with this goal of doing hair, but man, I love this industry. Oh my gosh. I love that. I didn't (laughs) know that. Yeah. I, it's so cool to hear how people get into it because I kind of randomly got into it as well. Someone was like, I I was like, what do I do with my life? And my friend Miles said, I think you'd make a good hairstylist. And he planted the seed. And a couple of years later, I I enrolled in uh, Paul Mitchell's school, but I love that. So how long did you do now? You are a seven figure salon owner. How did you bridge the gap between doing hair and opening your own salon? Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, I've always been kind of a next step person, never really like a a big goal kind of person. So I worked in the family run salon and I knew that I just wanted at that point, some more education. So I went to a spa in our area that was known for big education. They sent people overseas to different institutes and things. And so I left to go do that. And what I discovered in working for the family salon and the corporate salon was that each had something the other didn't and they were missing something. So the spa was so customer service focused that they lost a little bit of that individualized neighborhood vibe that the mom and pop kind of shop had. And so I was like, I really want to combine all of this together where I have this laid back neighborhood approach, but with the luxury of the spa and that type of a feeling when people come in. Um, And of course I wanted to eliminate what I liked and didn't like about each place at the same time. So um, that's how my salon came to be. Mm, I freaking love that. And I'm super curious because you're a manifesting generator and Mm -hmm. you are what's called the, the OG manifesting generator. Um, you have the channel, uh, it's 2034 and it's called the channel of charisma. And Mm -hmm. if you're listening and you're like, what the hell is she even talking about? Um, when you look at your chart, so there's a link in the show notes, if you don't have your chart already, and you're going to see what's called a body graph. And it's weird. Human design's weird, weird terminology, weird signs and symbols. I like to say it's like an alien language. I'm a really good translator. And when you get your chart, a lot of them will say the channel. So when you're looking at the body graph, there's nine shapes and there's lines coming out of them. 
And so when two lines connect, they create what's called a channel. And when two lines connect, they turn those centers on those shapes on. So you have this channel and it's essentially when you're living in alignment with your design, you can manifest that will like you can manifest like that. So it sounds like you got the idea, you got the divine inspiration that, Ooh, I want to combine the things that I love from both of these kind of polar opposites and create my own thing. And so I'm curious with the timeline earlier, before we started recording, we were talking about the timeline and, Mm -hmm. and waiting for like, sometimes you got to wait for things, even if you want them now. So I'm curious, what was the timeline from when you got that? I want to do this to when it unfolded to when you open. Yeah. Just a few months. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely someone when it gets in my brain, there's like nothing stopping me from doing it. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just started looking for locations. I found a location started just, okay. You know, again, what's next, what's next. So I just found a location, started talking to someone, found that it was available. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. And, um, I've, I've never been afraid to kind of just jump all into something. Um, mm-hmm. thankfully it typically works out for me because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's very, very scary to do that. But once I set my mind on it, it's, it's happening fast. Oh, that's like so in line with your manifest at will. And it was something that you desired. And it sounds like, and I know from knowing you that it lights you up mm-hmm. and that's a big part of being a generator type. So 70% of the population are either manifesting generators like you and I or generators. And what makes us us is when you're looking at that chart, the second shape from the, the second square from the bottom will be red. And that's the sacral center. And that's all about satisfaction, pleasure, sensual energy, tasting, smelling, touching, feeling, hearing it's sexual energy. It's life force energy. And the way that we're designed is to move through the world, tuning ourselves to what lights us up. Mm-hmm. And so many, so many hairstylists who are generator types are doing services they don't like. They're working in places they don't like. They're around people. And it's not, maybe not don't like, but that don't light them up, that their body's like, uh uh-uh, uh, this doesn't feel good, but we're doing it anyways. And so I'm curious, the, Every type, which is your energetic aura, every type has a theme when you're living by design. So when you, when generator types, generator manifesting generator, when we're living by design, we're going to experience satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And when we're not living by design, we're going to experience frustration. And I'm curious in your life, maybe with kind of taking us on the journey of, were there any frustrating moments when you were a hairstylist behind the chair? I know you still do hair a little bit, but when that was your full-time thing and were there some main frustrations when you started opening your salon? I'm super curious. Yeah. So, you know, when I opened, I didn't have a lot of leadership experience. So I went in originally thinking, I'm just going to find people that are like me, exactly like me. And then I'll never have to manage anyone. And (laughs) that, um, yeah, that was pretty extremely naive. Um, It was quickly, even though there wasn't necessarily something wrong with the people that were working for me, there did need to be expectation and there needed to be structure and policy and systems and things just so that they knew what was expected. And um, so when I first opened without having any of that experience, I was married at the time to someone who was in a corporate position. And 
um, the goal was that I would work and be the creative and then he would come in if anything needed cleaning up. And the reality was that just made me the world's biggest tattletale. So I quickly learned that, you know, I would have to step into this leadership role, but without having any of that experience and defaulting to someone in a completely different industry, when it came time to like learning and implementing, it was really frustrating to me because it wasn't lining up with who I was as a person. So it was like I was learning these corporate ways of running a business that were not what felt genuine to me. And I like to lead with a lot of integrity and I like to lead my team in transparent education and I like to coach them to grow. And I treat it in a way that's like putting myself in their position. So if I was this person asking my boss for this right now, what would I want? Not what the boss corporate answer would be, what would I want as the human being? And so until I learned how to discover that and find that voice, I was very frustrated all the time in leadership because people that worked for me didn't like my approach because I was really taking someone else's approach and just trying to make it work instead of really listening to who I was as a person and as a business leader. And once I realized how to develop that, my business just runs with so much ease. Mm. Oh my God. I love, there's so much gold with, with what you just said there. And you were doing something I think the main thing, two things that I want to touch on is doing things in a way that you think you should do because of what someone else is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, like I've done that so many times. And that leads to that frustration because you're not following your body. You're not following your heart. You're not, you're not, you're, you're, even like you're, you're basically going against yourself. Cause I'm sure your intuition was like, wait a minute, we don't want to do this, but you did it anyways. And that's why the frustration is so powerful because there's nothing wrong with frustration. There's nothing wrong with any emotion, but when we, when you have the arrow sign of, Hey girl, you're frustrated right now. It means you're off your path. It means you're, you're not working with your body. So I love that. And then when you said, I put myself in that person's shoes, what would they want? And a big part of your human design is, is leading with intimacy. And I feel, I personally thought that intimacy like was for the bedroom and it's not, it's, it's really intimacy is really creating a safe space for people. Mm-hmm. It's letting people be them. It's letting people be, um, be their own person. And I love how you put yourself in their shoes. And obviously you can't cater to everyone. Like there's going to be things that you have, like you, you there's rules, but mm-hmm. that is such a beautiful way to, to lead. And I love it. And it's really like, that's how you, you're designed to give and to receive support from other people is intimacy. And you're, you're a living example of that. So I, I freaking, I freaking love that. And this is a cool thing about human design is you're already living by design. You just, you aren't aware of it. And Mm -hmm. that's why I love bringing this to awareness because a lot of it is, now you can be empowered. And now I just saw you write a note. So you're probably going to dive into intimacy (laughs) and leading with intimacy. And how can you bring more of that into your life, which is so freaking amazing. Um, now I want to shift gears a little bit. You, um, your profile in human design, you're a three, six, 
-hmm. And the profile is that fraction number on your chart. And there's 12 different uh, profiles and that is your internal and external personality. So the first number, the line three is what you're going to resonate with most. And then it's the conscious energy within you, conscious personality. And the second number is your unconscious personality. So it's what other people generally pick up on more so than you. So your first line, your line three, and the line three is the scientist and the scientist, the line three life can be a little, maybe a little intense because <laughs> what do scientists do? They run an experiment, they fail, they collect the data and they do it all over again. And so a big part of your life is trial and error. It's getting your hands dirty. You have to physically do the thing so that, and a big part of that energy is to help other people. And you, at one point you said, I just, I'm the type of person I just jump right in. That's that line three life. And sometimes you can run into like you, failure is part of your life. So if you're listening and you're a line three, failure is part of your life. There's nothing wrong with failure. The only failure is not getting back up and trying again. So I'm curious in your life, what, what have been some failures that you've experienced and, and how did you learn from it? Yeah. I mean, I think I fail all the time. It's just the, the outlook that I have on it is like, I'm never going to know unless I try. So I kind of, I've really, uh, you know, adopted that phrase of like in life, you either win or you learn. Um, and so I am never afraid to try something. And, and I kind of laugh at that sometimes because I am quite fearless. And then everyone's like, everything you touch is gold. And I'm like, that's not true. It's just, you only see what's working. Um, but I, I would say I fail all the time. I mean, when I first started business, I had so many failures. I even had my whole team walk out one time and not necessarily because they were disgruntled. It was life changes. Um, but at the same time, it was in that time where I was really doing that self-discovery on who I am as a leader. And I had to, in that moment, either start over, give up and, you know, but when I started over, I had to do it differently. And so mm -hmm. I just learned to take that, if we want to say failure, um, as a lesson to learn. Um, and then, you know, now I've been doing business coaching for some time now, and this is something I've been doing it for a good couple of years and it has evolved and changed so many times. I mean, I started out as a 12 week program that I would teach live. Now I'm completely doing a year long program that's almost fully automated. And, um, so again, some people may look at those as failures because I tried something that didn't work. Um, but I just look at it as, okay, it didn't work. Here's a lesson. Let's shift it. Let's try something new. Mm, I love that outlook. And I, I am so happy that you have adopted this. Cause I, I, when I talk to a lot of line threes, they have this, um, societal, there's something wrong with failure. And when I say you're literally here to fail, like that's literally part of your design. And for you, you have, because you're line six. So the second part of your profile, the line six, the first 30 years of your life is like the line three. And so for the first 30 years of your life, you're a double scientist and that energy can be pretty rough sometimes. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm a six too. So I'm a line six and the first 30 years of my life, complete trial and error. And I explain it. Uh, there's a story when I was a little kid, I would run and I would open the screen door at the same time of running. 
And one day I didn't open it and I just smacked like straight into it and I fell down and I just like, you know, after being jolted, I got up and I ran, I kept running. And to me, that's a line three energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love your, your reframe of failure. And I mean, as a business owner, everyone fails, mm-hmm. everyone fails, everyone struggles. But like you said, the, the, the highlight reel. And I was having a conversation with someone the other day about this is like, I like to, I like to be as transparent as possible. And I, I do, like I tell people I was a, a couple of years ago, I was a thousand dollars negative in my bank account. And it's like the line six, this is another part of you being a leader is the line six is the role model and leading by example. And I think as a business owner, you, you, I know you talk about this. I've seen you share intimately Mm -hmm. share what you're going through. And a big part of how you're a leader just naturally is doing that trial and error, been there, done that. Here's what to do. Here's what not to do. And the role model leads by example and, and teaching, and you're teaching people your, your, your method and how you, all of that trial and error that you've done being a salon owner and behind the chair is so incredibly powerful to help other people. And I would love to ask you if someone there's there, there, I guess this question would be for the, the salon owner listening right now who wants to scale to the seven figures. What would you, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned is just really, um, learning to identify what you, like to do, what you hate to do, what you never have time to do, and then being open to trusting the delegation process and realizing that, you know, we think sometimes the salon will not function without us. So we hustle, hustle, hustle behind the chair, but we have to start letting go. We have to learn how to like funnel our success into our younger stylist and then really trust the delegation process that it is okay to let go and that um, not everybody's out there to kind of take advantage or to be malicious. And like, they may mess up too. I say all the time to my apprentices, like, I want you to F this up because this is how you're going to learn. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to learn by getting it right. Every time you're going to learn when you mess up. And so it's allowing the people on your team to mess up. And, you know, I like to say like, if someone can do something 80% as well as we think we can do it, cause we think nobody can do it like we can. Right. But everyone thinks that about us too. And so if they can do it at least 80% is good, then let it go. Because if you're so focused on task, then you never have that time to kind of sit in the creativity of the growth and of the scaling and how to get your business to that next level. My business has become the most successful and profitable with me working less in it and more on it. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so good. (laughs) And the letting your people fail. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that one or letting them make mistakes, whatever term you want to use, but that is a good one. I was in a Facebook group the other day and someone was talking about their salon owner who had a new hired someone straight out of beauty school Mm -hmm. and they were getting mad that the person wanted to do models or something like that. And they basically what I assume or what I gathered from this post was that the salon owner was um, didn't want this person to fail because then it would look bad on them. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like there were so many things that I wanted to comment, but I didn't. <laughs> but I think that it's such a powerful thing. And we forget what it's like to not know something. You don't know until you know. And like you said, the it's, it's I'm not a mom. I want to be a mom someday. Mm-hmm. And my mom, the, I got in a lot of trouble as a teenager. And I remember my mom saying like, oh my God, I wish I, I didn't teach you well. Like I wasn't a good enough mom because you got in all this trouble. I'm like, mom, I have to go through this stuff to learn it. Like, you can't just tell me all this stuff is bad. I have to go through it to learn it. And so I think that's such a powerful thing and encouraging your staff to maybe not encouraging them to make mistakes, but letting them know it's okay. And then you can come in and say, here's what's Here's what happened. Here's how you can prevent this from next time. And that tangible, there's something about the tangible. You can hear it all day long, but until you actually physically see it or go through it, you're really not going to learn. So I freaking love that. That's so, so amazing. Thank you for that insight. Um, and I'm curious, so we, we work together one-on-one and I would love to, I would love to know how has human design impacted your, your life? Um, both personally and within your business? Well, I think it actually eliminates some of the frustration that you were talking about because there are things um, and it kind of takes it back to like the who am I is more, you know, I don't know that if I ever phrase the question that much as much as like, why am I like this, you know, or what's wrong with me? I mean, a lot of times, you know, you question what's wrong with you. And so once I learned about my human design and the things that made, uh, made me up. And then I would say something to you that was frustrating and you would say, well, Kelly, you're designed that way. You know, <laughs> it, it just kind of allowed me to like have a little bit more self-acceptance and to be like, Oh, okay. Like that's the way I am. And so then when you learn why you are the way you are and who you are, it allows you to accept yourself more fully for the things that you may like or not like about yourself, but realize that they're not really negative things. You know, I think Mm -hmm. there's so many times we take things about ourselves and we think they're negatives. Um, but just being who you are, isn't necessarily a negative thing. And it helps you to also understand how to operate within that and process. So if it is something that's a quality that maybe don't like having that awareness allows me to say, okay, then this is how I can go about life managing this in the way that feels more positive to me. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that, that's, that's my mission. Like that's, that's a big part of what I love doing. Like I do pretty much every single session that I've ever done. It's like, there is nothing wrong with you. This is how you're designed. (laughs) And you actually worked with my partner and there were things about him that were frustrating to me. And when he would get off his sessions and say, oh my gosh, Lindsay said this, this, this about me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And so it didn't just help improve my relationship with myself. It helped improve the relationship of understanding my partner better and even having a little bit more compassion around the things that were actually frustrating me and say, oh, you know, he's not doing that just because he's not doing that to frustrate me. He's doing that because he's designed that way. And just Mm -hmm. having that understanding about him helped me to kind of see it just in a different lens. Oh, yes. Snaps to that because (laughs) that is literally (laughs) what I love. Couple sessions, like couple sessions are something that 
light my, my soul on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, if you're listening and you're like, I want that go to the link in my bio because I will link in my bio, go to the, <laughs> go to the show notes and, yeah. uh, you can sign up for a session, but that's the biggest thing. And not just romantic. I mean, romantic is a big one, but your relationship with your parents, mm-hmm. with your kids, with your staff. And this is why eventually I will have salon programs where we actually talked about this at one point to come in and teach your staff to know first, know that, know thyself. That's the first thing. But then as a salon owner, when you know, okay, this person is a manifesting generator. This person is a projector. These are the differences between them. Here's how I can, this person's an emotional authority. This person's a sacral authority. Here's how I can empower them to make decisions. Here's how I can empower them to, to really be themselves and to be okay with it. And it's such a powerful thing. Um, but going back to the relationships, I had one session one time and the girl, the girl was a woman, whatever. She was like, my partner is so stubborn and I'm just so annoyed with my partner. And I really want to focus on that. And when I saw their charts, I was like, actually you're the stubborn one and he's very open-minded. So if you think he's stubborn, it's because he's mirroring your stubbornness. And the look (laughs) on the guy's face was both of their faces were priceless. And I love doing that because I'm really good at the masculine and feminine. And there's another time where like guys, oh man, if guys could just learn that if your partner's frustrated and emotional and and upset, they don't want you to fix them. Mm -hmm. They just want you to hold them. (laughs) And on another couple of sessions, that's what was going on. The the woman was getting like, she was like, when I'm emotional, he just tries to fix me. And and then I get mad, even more mad and blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him and I said, okay, like, I know you want to fix it, but here's the best thing you can do is just say, hey, babe, come here and let me hold you. And the look on his face is like, that's all I have to do. I'm like, yeah. And then if you do have a solution, ask, hey, babe, I think I can help you with this. Do you want me, do you want some insight? And then see what she says. But the, it's just the little shifts with human design, the little shifts with personal development, inner work and healing. Like it doesn't have to be so hard. Mm-hmm. And when you see, thank you for bringing that up. Cause when you see other people through a different lens, it's just that relief. I'm sure like, to me, that's what that was. It was like, oh, okay this just, he's not trying to piss me off. (laughs) This is just who he is. He's not trying to frustrate me. This is just who he is. And having that awareness is just, oh my God, so beautiful. And I think it's so big. And like what you're saying as a salon owner and a a team, because I think as owners, sometimes it's like, this is my business and this is how I want it run. And it's black and white. And, you know, I, I always make this joke that like, your business is like your marriage, like you're married to it. You're going to fight for it. You're going to do anything you can to make it work. And then your, your staff are all the children in the marriage and not that they are children, but Mm -hmm. it's like, some are going to have more of mom's personality and some are going to have more of dad's Mm -hmm. personality in this. And so when you go in as a salon owner and you look at it as these are my rules and everybody follows. And then if somebody's doing it just a little different and you get mad about it because you don't understand a lot of like what you're saying um, with the human design and who they are, 
you do have to manage each individual a little bit differently. You can't look mm -hmm. at it as one size fits all. This is my business and what I say goes. Um, you know, I have, I have in my own team, I look at them sometimes and I'm like, I have my ideas person. I know that she's always going to have ideas for me. And then I have my complainer and she's happy. She loves working there, but she's always got a complaint, you know, and then I have the ones that are just easygoing all the time. They don't care what I do, what I say. They're just, you know, they're on board for it. But each one is a little different. And I've learned that, like, so let's say with my complainer, you know, I've learned that if I know something new is coming up, that if I just give her the courtesy of just like, hey, I just wanted to let you know at today's meeting, you're going to hear me talk about this, 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 and this. And I just wanted to give you a heads up. She will handle it so much better than if I present it in the group. In the group, she's going to completely freak out. But if I give her just a minute to process it before I tell everyone else, you know, then, then everything's great. And so you have to kind of look at it the same way as like, I, like I say, like raising children where each one is going to have a different personality and a different need. Salon ownership is very much the same way. And having that little extra tool of human design and knowing who they are and why they are the way they are, it really helps you. You don't have to change your business, but you can tailor your approach um, to make sure that each individual person is receiving the information the way they need to be receiving it. So the information's not changing it, changing the approach is changing. Oh, that is so, that's so true. It's so true. And it's like, think about all the hair, hairstylists are creatives. Like mm -hmm. think about putting a creative in a box or you're like trying to smash a, 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 a star into a square and you're like, why isn't this working? But right. <laughs> I like how you say, like, you can have your, your overall, like, mm -hmm structure and whatever, but it just, the delivery is so different. And, yes. and I think a lot of times we, we get frustrated because things aren't going in the way that we want them to. But if you just make those little shifts of like, mm -hmm. like that little shift of pre-warning this, this one person before the meeting, then, you know, okay, I'm not going to have that reaction. And yes, it doesn't take, I'm sure it takes a couple minutes to just warn her before versus having to deal with that. And mm -hmm. so I think a lot of the, the quote unquote problems within a business and a salon and whatever can be prevented. And if something's happening over and over and over and you're experiencing the same thing, it's like, that's insanity, right? It's mm -hmm. doing the right. same thing over and over expecting different results. And so right. coming at it through a new lens and I know I was booth rent the majority of my career, but, and there were, I was very stubborn, like, and there was a couple of salon owners and just other jobs that I've worked at where I was like, I don't understand you. Why are you doing it this way? This doesn't make any sense to me. And if those people had come at it from a different way of like explaining, Lindsay, this is why we do this, it this way. Instead of just being like, no, or whatever, it would have been so much easier for me in those situations. So I love, love, love how you lead. Um, it's such a beautiful example. You've shared Thank so you. much. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you've shared so much gold in this episode. I'm really excited for all of the hairstylists and salon owners to listen to it. And I want you to tell people, how can they, where do you hang out the most on social media? What are your offerings? What do you, what lights you up right now? How, how do you like serving your people? Yeah, I mean, I mostly hang out on um, 
Instagram. There's so many different platforms and everyone's like, you gotta be on this one and that one, but I have only so much capacity. So um, most everything I do is over on Instagram. Um, and so you can find me there. And then I, um, I have a couple of different offerings depending on what level of support somebody wants, but really and truly just my, um, you know, the salon is my, is my full-time thing. And so when I do coaching, it really is just a journey to help people. Um, I had to really let go of a lot of expectation I was putting on it while I was learning how to run an online business, because when I come back to the core of it, it's not really about running a business as much as just helping people have an easier way. So it's taking the years of experience that I have, the success that I have, um, the education that I have and helping people get there a little bit faster without some of the, you know, quote unquote failures that come along the way. So um, if anyone's interested in that, they can do that. I also have a published book. So that's a great place to start. You can read the book. Um, It gives you a great introduction of kind of the topics that I teach in my coaching programs. I love it. What's the book called and where can people find it? I'll link it in the show notes as well. Yeah. So the book is scissors make sense and um, it can be bought pretty much anywhere you can buy a book, but the most popular place people go is Amazon. Oh, I love it. And Kelly's Instagram handle is scissor makes sense as well. Mm -hmm. And that will be linked in the show notes and you also do retreats, right? That is right. My first one is coming up in March. I'm so excited. As far as I know, we have one spot left, so um, which is really exciting. They are mini, mini retreats. So I just do like a long weekend um, to keep them affordable. And um, this first one we're doing is our financial audit. So it's all about getting your business financials um, individualized to your specific needs and then how to Um, understand your numbers, how to price and compensate for your business and then budgeting, um, which is one of my favorite topics. So that's what we're covering in the retreat. Um, We'll definitely be doing more of those. It's in Tulum, Mexico, and um, I'm super, super excited for it. Oh, I'm super excited for you. And also, can you can you plug your Tulum home? Because don't you rent it out for people? I do. So I did buy the house <laughs> last year. I was on a retreat and um, fully enjoyed myself and really just really fell in love with the magic of Tulum. I think anytime you go, you just come back to as a different person. So I bought a house. I'll be using it for the retreats, but it is available for rentals as well. Mm, I love that. So check Kelly out if you want to go to Tulum and enjoy her beautiful home. I've seen photos. It looks absolutely gorgeous. So definitely follow her, stay connected with her. She is such an amazing, you, you've definitely been all of my clients. I feel like all of my clients have been my favorites, but like, I just really bonded with you so much and you're such a powerhouse and you have so much magic within you. And I've, it's, it's just been an honor to, to watch you grow and to work with you. So thank you. Thank you. You have been a huge part of that journey though, Lindsay, like (laughs) a huge part. Oh, thank you. I'm going to cry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for coming on and for sharing your story and all of your gold and your insights. And thank you for listening to this intimate conversation and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the find your way podcast. I want to ask you a question really quick. 
Do you want to learn more about your human design? If you said yes, I would love to invite you to send me a screenshot of your chart on Instagram. My handle is at Lindsay Means with an underscore. And there's a link in the show notes to get your chart below if you don't have one already. If you want to learn more about my offerings and freebies, check out lindsaymeans.com. If you love this episode, share it on social media and tag me. I would love to connect with you. If you like this content, subscribe now so you never miss an episode. And remember, you are perfect exactly as you are. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. It's only a matter of remembering how freaking amazing you are and human design helps us with that. See you next time.